0: Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast.
1: Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business.
0: Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. everyone and welcome to we go boldly the podcast we are so very happy to have you with us today it is season seven and we have a doozy of an episode for you today (laughs) i am uh i'm actually really excited about this episode although
1: that makes one of
0: us (laughs) you could tell if you're watching us on youtube you could tell by the clothes we are wearing how we feel about this episode i have a rainbow Tova's in camouflage, Um, but we are excited about this. So as you all know, I am Riley Karsh. I am here with my amazing, wonderful, fantastical, fabulous partner in all sorts of things. But specifically today (laughs) in this podcast, Tova Kopan, how are you today, Tova? What's happening?
1: I mean, I'm good. I uh, no, I'm good. I'm a solid good. Um, I'm not, not looking forward to this. I, that was a double negative on purpose. I, I have been struggling all week with some anxiety, very much the type that this discussion will take place around. And yeah. so I guess I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So <laughs> we're talking about anxiety and power today. So as everyone knows, season seven is all about embracing our power, right? and one of the um, strangleholds on our power is our mental health, right? And anxiety is something that a lot of us have to deal with and a lot of us don't necessarily fully understand. And by us, I mean, I have struggled with understanding anxiety and um, figuring out sort of how it plays a role in my life and the people that I love and the people that are Around me, and so uh, you know, it's something that affects many of us directly. Whether it's us that you know, whether it's you personally that is having to deal with anxiety, or if it's the people you love in your life having to deal with anxiety, so it's it's an important topic. And you know, we I think we've talked about this at length, but I I, I it bears repeating. Mental health is a huge, huge topic and something that needs to be destigmatized, right? It's not something that should come with shame. It's not something that should come with any sort of negative implications. And so we want to talk about it in in a positive light in the sense that let's just get it out there. Let's talk about what it means and how it affects us and what we can do to address it in our lives. and and make our lives that much better to know how to um to go through life with these kinds of uh these kinds of things going on in our lives so all of that being said today we're talking about anxiety and um and we want to do it in a um what's the word i want to in a in a sensitive way so sure. that, you know. People understand that there is no judgment coming from us. That it's just you know it's a it's another thing that people deal with, uh, us included. And so, and so, you know, let's start talking about it openly. And how do we deal with it? What kind of things can we do to embrace our anxiety, to get through our anxiety, to deal with our anxiety? So, all of that being said, that's my like that's I, I got my soapbox moment over early with, this time which probably means there'll be another one later in the show <laughs> let's be honest so let's talk about what anxiety is so according to you know scientists psychiatrists psychologists anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension worried thoughts and physical changes like um, increased blood pressure for instance is, is one physical change that you might experience when you're having anxiety uh, People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. They may also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or a rapid heartbeat. Anxiety is not the same as fear, but they're often used interchangeably. And I think that's where we run into trouble. So this is me coming in with my own personal opinion. But I think that gets us into trouble is when we interchange the concept of anxiety with the concept of fear. These are two entirely different things. You may be anxious and fearful at the same time, but they're two different things. So anxiety is considered a future oriented long acting response, broadly focused on a diffuse threat. Whereas fear is an appropriate, present oriented and short lived response to a clearly identifiable and specific threat. Like you're about to get attacked by a light and a lion, you're afraid, right? Like that's, that's a a real threat that's about to happen to you. And you're afraid. Right.
1: And so uh, a few things. Um, When we're talking about anxiety, I think, uh, for the most part, we are not talking about, uh, or so, so like when we're talking about anxiety and we're talking about things that you can do to help your anxiety, um, we are not talking about people who need to seek mental health help who are struggling with anxiety disorders. Now, the things that we talk about can certainly help you if you are struggling with an anxiety disorder, but there may need to be a lot of other things that need to go in place to help you. And so I don't, want anyone i mean i know we make this caveat all the time but like i don't want anyone to think well i just listened to that podcast on anxiety so i'm good to go like (laughs) like therapy psychiatry like physical medical doctor you know there there is a whole other layer of support that might happen and need to happen if you have a an actual diagnosed anxiety disorder Um, so that's just one little caveat i want to throw out there um, cause we're going to use the word anxiety and, and I always talk about like big A anxiety and little a anxiety. Um, but I think it's important that we just say that the other thing is one of the reasons that we wanted to have this conversation and how we thought it was incredibly important is because in this time of the world, um, it is very confusing as to what something is appropriate to have a fear response or whether your response is anxiety, because let's use the pandemic as an example. You could be afraid, very reasonably afraid of your parents getting COVID and getting very sick, but there's also an immense amount of anxiety attached to not knowing when it's going to end not knowing how to respond to COVID, not knowing how to live your life, not having rules to follow, (laughs) like all of the things that we didn't know. And I think the say can be said for like democracy right now, you know, there's like immediate threat that makes sense. And then there's long-term threat that you also could be scared of. And it's hard to figure out how to exist in this environment and also how to then flourish in this environment. And I think one thing I've noticed, which is wonderful, and like, social media and stuff, and, and even books and conferences I've been to, you know, people talk about how life is really hard now. And if you are tired, that makes sense. And you should rest. <laughs> and like, that's what we need as a society. But at the same time, I think many of us Or also like, yeah, but I also want to, I want to flourish and I want to figure out how to do that. And I, I know I need to rest and I know I need to be kind and give myself grace, but I also need to figure out how I can do great things during this time and, and, and figure out the balance. And it is a balance and it is hard to figure out. So I wanted to kind of mention both of those things and as sort of our inspiration for talking about this today, because you You could be reasonably fearful about a lot of things, and yet we need to figure out how to function like that,
0: right? And the other thing I will say is that most of the things we're going to talk about. So, if you, you know, if you do have big A anxiety, (laughs) I guess is how we're going to refer to it, you know, if you do have an anxiety diagnosis, these things can help you. but that doesn't take away from the fact yeah i'm just going to amplify what you said tova just to reiterate this really hammer it home it doesn't take away from the fact that you should seek professional help right there is no there is nothing wrong And I'm, I'm back on my soapbox there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help for our struggles in life whether it's diabetes cancer or anxiety right like these are medical conditions to which there is treatment and help available. And so we should seek out that treatment and help instead of silently suffering. Um, There's just no reason to. And so please, if you are struggling, if you are suffering, go seek help for that. And then also listen to this podcast and apply some of these tools. It's not an either or situation. Exactly. It's an and situation.
1: Yeah, I want to also just add, or sort of drive home this concept that um it is such a strong physical connection and that is something that is obviously your body does have a physical reaction to fear if it's like a lion chasing you
0: yes <laughs> um
1: and and if you read the book burnout right they talk about like your stress cycles right so there you know you can't really get away from um those those physical and mental connections But I think it is important to recognize that when we talk about the sort of side effects um, of of, um, anxiety, a lot of them are physical side effects. And I say that, you know, if you're listening and you haven't thought about it, or you have sort of didn't want to go to the doctor, or if you have someone in your life um because having someone in your life who deals with anxiety especially cap- well any kind of anxiety um can be really difficult and and in its own anxiety producing and um and so i just want to emphasize that there is a incredibly strong mind body connection when it comes to something like anxiety and i mean i think there's a mind body connection with pretty much everything but like right it's so clear in anxiety. And I just have to share this very, very quick story just to drive home the fact of this connection. Um, and I think it's a, like I said, this is kind of a story that if you have someone in your life or if you're struggling with this, you know, if you're feeling like I should be able to just, you know, overcome this or like, why am I always down, you know, feeling this way? Um, I am a, I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan and, uh, because they're awesome clearly. And, um, One of their players, one of their very, very good players, um, uh, Lane Johnson has been very open with his struggle with anxiety and with his struggle with even figuring out the right medication to take for his anxiety. And last year he had to leave the Eagles for three games and get in the car and just drive home, I think to like Oklahoma. So not, not close. You know, he wasn't like, I'm going to go down the street to York County or something. He like drove to Oklahoma because he needed to sort out his own anxiety struggles because it was resulting in him throwing up to the point of blood in his throw up. Like this is a very large, tough guy, man. Like if you want to throw any stereotype at (laughs) it, right? Like Right. He physically is in control of his body and knows his body. And I say that because he's a professional athlete. You don't get there right without being incredibly in touch with your body. And yet his anxiety was having such a huge physical manifestation that it was causing serious detriment to him physically and that he could not stop. And and, you know, he knew what he needed to do. And the team was like, you do what you got to do to take care of yourself. And, and he was given that space. And so he was able to do what he needed to do. And he came back a couple of weeks later. And I just, I, I i use as an example, and I've used him as an example talking to other people, because professional athletes know their body. <laughs> and they know how to fix things. And it was clear to him that his mental health was so tightly entwined with his physical body that he couldn't just like power through it. And so if a, you know, six, I don't know, five, 300 pound lineman for a professional football team cannot power through his anxiety, we should never expect that of ourselves. Right. So I'm just going to, you know, as we talk about the next, you know, as we talk over the next half an hour about anxiety, let's just set that standard we do not
0: need to expect ourselves to be able to power through things no i mean it's totally unreasonable and yet we find ourselves doing it all the time right all the
1: time and and we i don't know if it's just because i'm an adult maybe the world is always this stressful but i do feel like the last few years have been like particularly stressful right um I think we are it is safe to say that worrying about the fate of our democracy, our bodily autonomy, and ongoing pandemic concerns, plus wars and whatnot, make the last few, you know, on average a little higher than
0: normal. It's pretty next level.
1: It is, it is. And so <laughs> I think that it is fair to say that we cannot power through this. And it is also recognizing that uh, groups in our country who deal with have, have dealt with anxiety in the world around them for centuries know that you can't power through it right there's a whole book that just came out called rest is resistance i mean our bodies need to be taken care of so that is my that is my soapbox as we start talking about like what are the typical signs of anxiety Yeah, because a few are the feeling signs and a lot of them are the physical signs.
0: Let's take a let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll dive into all of that and go through some of those typical signs and symptoms of anxiety. But uh, before that, we'll we'll take our first break and we will be right back, everyone. Now, what I really love to do? Uh, Take baths, go for walks, read, drink margaritas hike. Yeah, not what
1: I was referring to. You know we're recording a commercial right now.
0: I do, but I'm thinking outside the box, being adaptable.
1: As I was saying, what I love to do is host
0: our live
1: monthly workshops.
0: Oh, right. That's what we were talking about. Me too. They are a lot of fun to put together and host every month. And we can bring margaritas, so...
1: Join us for live conversation as we get a bit deeper into topics near and dear to our hearts. We go through everything from self-care to setting boundaries.
0: We share coaching tips, practical advice, and take questions from the audience. It's a whole lot of fun.
1: Sign up for our newsletter today at GoBoldlyInitiative.com contact to make sure you hear about all the upcoming Go
0: Boldly workshops. You definitely don't want to miss out now. Back to that show. All right, welcome back, everyone. And uh, as we were saying before the break, there are just so many connections between the physical body and the mental emotional plane, right? and I, am just gonna warn everyone now. I'm super wooey today. I'm in a real wooey space. I've got my crystals out. It's, you know, it's like woo time in my in my office today. So, um, I'm gonna try and keep it t- a little bit contained for y'all, but uh, no promises. So, <laughs> anyway, it, it, you know, as Tova was saying to you guys, it is very much about how your energy of i'm gonna say it in different words but how your energy of your mental health is impacting your physical responses to the world around you right so there's like a as we like to do at, at doing the research there were like lists upon lists upon lists of signs and symptoms of anxiety and so a lot of this is big a anxiety but it does manifest itself in if you are experiencing you know smaller bouts of anxiety right like just localized one one one-off anxiety or in in either in either scenario these are kind of some of the typical signs and symptoms you might be experiencing very obvious ones feeling nervous restless or tense right like that's like okay blue number one number one um having a sense of impending danger panic or doom but what might that feel like in your body right like where do you feel that i want people to think about it a little more deeply. For some people, they might feel it in their in their head, right? Other people shoulders, other people stomach, other people chest. Like a lot of these feelings connect directly to our bodies and it's really important as we go through these processes to start thinking about how do my feelings connect to my body? How how do i experience these feelings in my body so that you can start to understand that connection it's a it's a very helpful tool if you if you want to have a better understanding of how it's all working together to start naming those feelings in your body like if i start to feel i mean it's, I don't usually feel impending danger, panic, or doom, but if I start to feel nervous, restless, or tense, I feel it in my chest, like it's it's in the center of my chest. Um, other people would potentially feel it in their stomach, right? Like the, It depends on who you are and where you locate those things in your body. Uh, but I, I think it's a really good practice to start figuring that out for yourself and how it impacts you. Um, you know, some more obvious things, having an increased heart rate, you know, when your heart picks up that pace and you're like, oh, I, you know, you get that feeling in your body. Like, why is my heart racing? Why am I feeling that increased heart rate and it's connected to this thing going on in my brain? Put the two things together and start connecting the feeling with the, the physical symptom. Um, sweating, that's always fun. It's really pleasant when that happens. <laughs> Trembling, feeling weak or tired is how they put it. But Tova and I were talking before we started recording. And it's not just tired. It's not like, oh, I've been up late with my kids this week and I'm tired. It's exhaustion. It's your whole body going, I can't keep going. Yeah. And and the next,
1: the next three, I'll, I'll just jump in here. To me, you're all so connected, right? So you have this exhaustion. And then you have trouble concentrating or thinking about anything other than the present worry. And what I think is interesting about that one is you don't have to be actively worrying about it. Like there can be some part of your brain that's worrying about it. And so you can't concentrate, but you don't know why you can't concentrate. So it's like, I just can't focus today. I'm just struggling on focusing. And you don't know why. But meanwhile, in your brain, it has like a loop of worriness. There's like a hamster on the wheel going around and round and round, constantly worrying. Well, that's why you're having trouble concentrating. And oh, by the way, it's exhausting to do that. <laughs> and what makes it even more fun is a fun other side effect of anxiety can be having trouble sleeping. And so you have insomnia and you're exhausted and you cannot concentrate. And I don't think those three things are talked about enough when it comes to side effects or symptoms of anxiety. I think we talk about the other ones a lot more. And then I remember, you know, COVID was not my first rodeo when it came to anxiety, but I would talk to friends and like, I'm just so exhausted. And it was other than because we were like, schooling our children at home and dealing with that and i was like oh no no i know it's the anxiety and they're like what i'm like no no i i understand <laughs> like because it's it's a really hard uh loop that you are are trapped in um and there's things to to work on it but um it if you haven't experienced anxiety before big a or little a anxiety um you won't necessarily know that's what you're experiencing, especially if those are your only side effects, right? Like, it's one thing if you're like, I'm anxious for this speech that I have to give in 10 minutes, my hands are sweaty, my heart's racing. You're like, okay, clearly this physical behavior is directly tied into my anxiety with giving this public address, right? But then there's like all these other things that are more subtle. And um, I'll also just take the next one because I can raise my hand. But experiencing gastrointestinal problems. Um, I have such a close connection between my brain and my gut that my gut sometimes will like if I eat something funny and I'll be like, am I anxious? And I just don't know I'm anxious about something. <laughs> like, <laughs> did I eat something not good? Or do I have a stomach bug or am I anxious? And so right. what's super fun is when I do have like a stomach bug then I'm anxious because I'm like, oh, I think when I feel this way, I'm supposed to be more anxious. And it's just like, no, you don't, you don't have to go both ways. It's a
0: Pavlovian response
1: at this yes, point. Yes, 100%. That's I fantastic. do not enjoy it. I do not enjoy it.
0: No. Um, um, you know, a couple more obvious ones, having difficulty controlling the the worry that you're having. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, right? Like if you're constantly thinking about the thing that you're worried about and you can't stop thinking about it, I think that's a, that's a pretty obvious, Uh, sign Um, and then having the urge to avoid the thing that triggers the anxiety Um, that's again another pretty obvious sign and symptom there could be any number of other signs and symptoms and i think it's important to go back to what you were saying tova and so often we are anxious about things that we do not realize we're anxious about and um, that's where we really get hung up or tripped up, right? Because the things that are obvious, like take your example of I've got to give a speech in a few minutes and I'm not, you know, like I'm not really comfortable giving speeches or something like that. Like, yeah, you, so you have some obvious reactions to that. Like maybe your hands are shaking or your voice is shaky or you get sweaty or, you know, you start thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Like those are those are easy ones to identify, but those more nuanced scenarios where you don't even realize that you're anxious about the thing or what the thing is, like it could be something so far in the future that you don't even know you're worrying about it happening, right? Like maybe you have to go to your in-laws in six months and you know it's coming up, but you don't you're not really thinking about it all the time but it's there in the back of your head and you know you're you're doing all the thing like you haven't bought the plane tickets cuz you to go right yes. so you're putting it off or you haven't um you know figured out like what presents to get for the party you're going to or whatever it is like the little things that stack up and then all of that feeds the anxiety about the thing that you have to go do and the you know or, or there's a project do it work right in a in nine months or something and you don't want to do it and you're not sure you know how or you're feeling insecure about it and so you start putting things off and um, and that just feeds the anxiety over it but you're not even thinking about it you're thinking about the other things that are due tomorrow. Right. and you're having trouble doing those things because as Tova said like you get that brain fog where you're just like I can't focus on anything why can't I focus I don't understand why I can't focus
1: well, I, and, yeah like all last week I had a massive deadline on something and I didn't get anything done the whole week with anything else also right. I didn't get anything done on the thing I had a deadline for right
0: <laughs> and it's like, and sometimes what? you don't even realize that you're anxious about something yeah. and so it takes a lot of intentionality and fo- focus, unfortunately, right. and like digging sometimes to I, even realize what it is that's that's causing the anxiety in the first place.
1: And I think it's um, it's almost less less focus and more awareness. Yeah. of like like what is what is happening, and I you know, as someone who leans towards being anxious, I also realize sometimes that I'm anxious about something that's like totally ridiculous. Like, I mean, a lot of things, but like two weeks ago, I think, I went and saw The Music Man on Broadway. It was amazing. We had tickets for like eight months or something, bananas. And Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster were in the show. And I did not realize how stressed I was for the last eight months that when we went, they would not be there until it was over. And so that has me also like just wanting to be more aware about what little things like that that are so clearly out of my control um, are there. And that's where when we get to like things that you can do, um, like, it needs to be sort of a general putting your faith in the universe for me, because I don't even know what little things I'm anxious about (laughs) until I'm not anxious about them anymore. Yeah, yeah. And um, I also think I don't know. I don't I don't know that healthy anxiety is the right word, but like uh, I have a friend who struggled with general anxiety disorder like their whole lives, but they would still choose to put themselves in anxiety inducing experiences. They were the goalie for their soccer team. They were a pitcher in the baseball team. They ran for class office like and yet those things they could like zen their way through and and so they were still anxious during those moments but i think they actually liked the fact that they were like this is an anxiety-ridden experience that is supposed to be anxiety-ridden and it's supposed to be stressful and so i'm going to be stressed in a controlled environment and when i walk off the mound then I'm not stressed anymore. Whereas my general anxiety disorder just leaves me stressed and anxious all the time. Right. And so I don't ever want to say good anxiety. But there are I mean, we're we're fans of risk taking. And we are fans of things like that. And that goes to this whole concept of embracing your power. And like, being willing to have enough in the tank to try new things. Whereas like, like there have been months where I didn't get to a new thing because I have been so anxiety ridden, like, like there's just too much. It all feels hard. I can't do my new thing. I don't want to do something new. And so that's like, you know, the balance. And it's also why we need to talk about anxiety triggers because we need to figure out how we can eliminate some of these in our lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or at least mitigate. Right. Right. Um. Now this first one, I, I don't know it feels like a personal attack however i'm told from scientists um, (laughs) that caffeine can be a common anxiety trigger i do not find this to be true for myself but i know that other people do so me without caffeine is a caffeine or is a is a common anxiety trigger for me and everyone else in my household um however (laughs) it could be triggering your anxiety if caffeine has any effect on you other than making you a nice person like it does for me. Um, this definitely triggers my anxiety though, uh, messy home environment. And I happen to live with messy humans and I've told them multiple times that their messiness triggers my anxiety. Uh, so we'll see. I, it's a, it's a, it's a constant discussion in my house actually. Um, because in all seriousness, it definitely triggers my anxiety. Clutter makes my brain work in a way that is unpleasant for me. Um, because when I see it, I, it's very hard for me to focus and I become irritable. It's, and I'm looking around my office, which is a disaster at the moment and needs to be cleaned, uh, which is my own problem. Um, yeah. But it does, it makes it harder for me to focus and I get irritated. And um, um, and I just get, I feel like itchy, like not actually itchy, but like, right. you know, that, that feeling like something's off. And so yeah. I, I can see how this would be a trigger. Well,
1: and if I've shared the story once, I've shared it 100 times on this podcast, which is that during the beginning of the the pandemic, the stay-at-home part, um, where the kids were at home, after a couple weeks, months, I don't know, it all blended together, I couldn't figure out. Like I was so stressed. And, I mean, obviously, there were very legitimate reasons to be stressed. But I realized I was missing the part of the day where I would take my kids to school and I would come home and I would just go around and pick everything up so that the counters were clean, the floor was clean, everything was put away. It took 10 to 15 minutes each morning and it was my transition to work. And not only was I losing that transition, but I was losing the decluttering aspect of my home. Yeah. And that was, and once I figured it out, that made a huge difference, then we had short charts implemented. Um, but it it was uh, it was huge. And I didn't even realize that that was, you know, I got to walk around after they went to school and put stuff away. And then they were there. <laughs> they, they, they were the stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. Um, some other things are self-neglect, which I think is an interesting
0: way, I assume, to say not self-care. Yeah, um, and, and I think essentially what this means is when you – Don't do the things for yourself that you need to do in order to feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. If you aren't doing things like showering regularly, brushing your teeth regularly, which are common um, signs of depression, to be clear. Right. Um, If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not, uh, which is the next common anxiety trigger as well, just... Um, not surprisingly. Um, But if, and if you're not exercising, if exercise is important to you, if you're not, um, you know, seeking mental health help, if that's something that's important and necessary for you, if you're, you know, self-neglect is really exactly what it sounds like. If you're not doing the things for yourself that you need in order to feel good about yourself, which I think, especially women and especially mothers, we find ourselves with, when we have young children that, you know, that's a very easy trap to fall into
1: yeah it is and that um like you said like that, that coordinates with not enough sleep this like stress that mm-hmm. we aren't addressing in our lives I mean there's stress that is controllable and then there's stress that's not controllable and figuring out boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> to where we can eliminate unnecessary stress is incredibly important. I'll also add just a few more um, Where we're, as we work through this list. When I heard Jane Fonda speak, she talked about two of her anxiety triggers being chocolate, which made me very sad for her because chocolate is wonderful, and yeah. men. <laughs> and she said she's just much better when she's not in a relationship. And that is important to know. And actually- yeah. Um, conflict, right? Like is something that can cause, be a trigger for anxiety Definitely. and social gatherings. And apparently social gatherings in Jane Fonda's case is the gathering of a man and a woman. That is the right. social gathering that she right. does not enjoy.
0: <laughs> well, and everyone's heard me talk about how social gatherings of people I don't know can be a real trigger for me as well. Now, right. if it's a gathering of a bunch of people I know that then, you know, I have no problem that I'm that I'm all in. And I'm having a great time for the most part. But if it's a big gathering of like a bunch of people I don't know, and I have to talk to them about anything other than, you know, I don't know, deep, deep trauma, deep trauma. Um, then it's super I get very anxious. I I don't. Fortunately, I don't like flop sweat anymore. But um, <laughs> I get I get that chest constriction. I, right. I get that stress in my chest.
1: Right, right. um yeah, I'm saying right, because I feel the same way a lot of the time um, <laughs> the other two on this list work, right? So clearly, I don't think we have to explain what that means. Yeah, um, and then finances, right and big one. and what's big one? And once again, these are stressful events, stressful things. There's a difference between experiencing something stressful and then having anxiety as it relates to it, right? So you can be stressed about finance, uh, but your finances, um, you can be stressed about paying bills. You can be stressed about the future for finances. There's a difference between that and sort of being on like, I'm gonna use the hamster wheel metaphor where you can't get off, where you can't see your way through, where, because a lot of the feelings you know that you have as it relates to anxiety, they often are telling you that Your thoughts and feelings are often telling you that things are worse than they actually are. And I don't think the goal, if I have to like put a personality on anxiety, anxiety's goal is never to help you reach a solution. Right. And so sometimes I think like, you know, you can play the what if game and it can be calming as long as you're like, I'm playing this game because I'm going to figure out, like, it's going to help me feel better, right? What if this happens? Okay, we'll do X, Y, and Z. What if this happens? We'll do X, Y, and Z. And you can actually uh, help you work through your stress. Anxiety is playing the what if game without the second part, right? It's what if this happens? What if this happens? And you may not be doing it consciously. Um, There's a very good chance that you're not doing it consciously. But if you live in a world where anxiety is a big player... The other problem is you start assuming that your feelings and thoughts are facts and are actual reality rather than actual reality. And so you can get very trapped in this cycle. There's a quote you included, um, Riley, that talks about uh, the best use of creativity is imagination. The worst use of creativity is anxiety by deepak chopra and and that just it's yeah i mean man can we be creative when we think about how awful things are right
0: yes (laughs) um or how awful they might become right like right
1: right both or either um for sure so Let's take a quick break again, and then we will come back and talk about how we are going to deal with anxiety um, when it comes up, the moment it comes up, because there's also anxiety
0: and being like, I'll deal with that soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: In case you didn't already know, we
1: love talking. True story. More than simply talking, we love researching, prepping and bringing this podcast to
0: life. We launched We Go Boldly with the goal of reaching people, dealing with the kinds of questions and concerns that we also face. Things like
1: how to hear my inner voice, how to make sure my habits are worth it and stick. How do I feel my feelings and still manage to function?
0: After years of personal work and lots of trial and error, we realized we have a lot to share on these topics.
1: Now we've been broadcasting for over a year and we are proud of our podcast.
0: And uh, to no one's surprise, we still have a lot to say and talk about.
1: We sure do. We need your
0: help to keep going.
1: Every episode takes time and money to create and we would love your support.
0: So if you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber
1: join our patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly we are so grateful to all of our supporters now back to the show well welcome back we are going to hop right into talking about how we deal with anxiety when it comes up but i want to turn it over to you riley because i know that you like this first uh description or example
0: yeah so when i was doing some research for um for this episode, I came across a, a surprise, another list um, of you know thirty thousand ways to deal with anxiety. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm exaggerating, obviously, a but little. you know many ways to deal with anxiety, and one of the one of the examples, I, I it struck me. So hopefully, it will resonate with all of all of you listening. Um, but what the author said was to think of yourself as a firefighter so she wrote put out the flames of anxiety with some cool breaths breathe in and out deeply and slowly and she's quoting um a a dr albers here and she says when the doctor says when you slow down your breathing you trick your body into thinking you're relaxing or going to sleep so that the concept i i really liked the concept because you know first of all you think of a firefighter you think of somebody brave and courageous and they're you know they're gonna go fight a fire and they're ready to go and they're all suited up and they've got all their gear and they're they have they're prepared right like they have everything they need to do the task they've been assigned to do. So if I think of myself as a firefighter, then I think, great, I'm super equipped for this task. And then I have, you know, like cold water to put out the flames of anxiety. I'm sitting here Doing the motion, like everyone who's listening can see me. (laughs) Um, If you're on YouTube, you can see me. Um, But then you know, so I I like to think in pictures. So this visual really works for me. If you're a person who thinks in pictures, maybe it will work for you as well. Um, Also, deep breaths are always good. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, deep breaths always slow us down. Always help us to reset our um our insides so that you know we can we can slow down calm down you know i just did one so you hear my like the pace of my voice just slowed down right um but i i like that and then the next thing that she writes is cool down anxious thoughts so you know instead of thinking things like i can't stand it it's so horrible Oh, everything's terrible. You know, you can think about what you can and cannot change about a situation and take the steps to change what you can and work on accepting what you can't change. Now, all of that sounds lovely. I understand that that, you know, super, I'll just go ahead and do that, right? Like that's what we all think, but it is actually that easy in terms of what you need to do. It's hard to do it. Right, And if you start, but if it's one of those things that if you just practice it, it gets easier. If you do it over and over, it actually becomes habit and becomes much easier to do.
1: You know, uh, like um, moving to the next one, because I want to talk about them all together. The next one is get get some perspective, right? And so that immediately to me says practice gratitude, right? Getting some perspective practicing gratitude. I heard at the women's conference, somebody say you can't be grateful and anxious at the same time. So you can obviously in your life, but at right. an exact moment, you cannot be both of those things. So if you feel anxiety sprouting up, you can sit down and look around the room and go, what am List three things I'm grateful for in this room. Like, and just get big, cause obviously if you're anxious, it's really hard to be grateful for like big things, but you can be grateful for, you know, if I'm going to look right here, I have those like, w- uh, battery operated candles, which I love to like create a really warm environment in the winter time. And I'm thankful that they're around because I don't want to have all those candles burning down my house. Right. So, you know, like I can pick one thing. And while I'm focused on that, I'm not able to focus on what I'm anxious for. But like I've I've said,, uh, before, I tend to get anxious for things and I don't even realize I'm anxious about them. And so like, and then the next suggestion is soothing your system, try some yoga stretches, um, find ways to calm your body. These are things that I need to do every day, right? So they can be things like, all right, I'm really stressed. I'm gonna go and just do some stretching. But for me, I need to stretch every day. Um, partly because I think I'm getting old and like my back gets tired from sitting, but um, also because of this. And so I need to practice gratitude every day. And I have an app that reminds me and I have an app that throws in affirmations throughout the day to help me focus. And then when I read the affirmation, I take deep breaths. And for me, my ability to take a deep breath tells me how anxious I am just as a baseline. Because if I cannot physically get a deep breath, remember, because I carry a lot of my anxiety in my gut and my chest. If I cannot get the deep breath, then I know there is something really brewing that I need to focus on. But so if you are dealing with anxiety that you can be like, oh, I'm identifying an anxious situation. I'm going to do one of these things. Awesome. If you are, though, kind of in a constant state of anxiety, um, you can implement these things throughout your day to help with that you know as a baseline so you can kind of do both you can tag team it with like immediate response but all of these things also work if you're just um doing them all the time
0: yeah and if you struggle to remember you can just you know it's easy enough to set up reminders on your phone to take a deep breath and that might sound silly to some people but it in the beginning of Starting this kind of process, it's great just to have something pop up in your phone or in your calendar, or depending on how you work or where you work, to have something pop up and be like, hey, take a breath. You know, and
1: you can do a little habit stacking, right? So, like if you always go to lunch at a certain time, like you're not going to forget to go to lunch, just add before you go to lunch when you walk out into the hallway, you take 30 seconds of deep breaths. That is huge. It actually takes these, those, so we're all stressed, so I'm not, and I don't, I'm not using the word stress and anxiety interchangeably, but I'm saying we are all stressed, which can cause a lot of anxiety. Uh, That is not going to change. We are not all going to move all you know, good off the grid and move somewhere peaceful. Like that's just not gonna happen, but we can significantly sort of short circuit the stress response, the anxiety response, By doing some of these very short things throughout the day, um, it does not have to take a lot of time. And you can do the reminders or you can stack them with something that you're already doing. Um, Both can make a huge difference with soothing your system and calming yourself
0: down. Right. And even if you think it won't make a difference, like if you're hearing us say this and you're like, I don't see how that could possibly help, give it a try. Try it for a week and see if it actually makes a difference for you because it's it's okay to be skeptical. And I can't remember where I heard this or read this, but it's very hard to be skeptical. I think it's unfair to be skeptical of something that you've never tried before, right? If you've never tried it before, how do you know it doesn't work? Um, it's just give it a oh. shot.
1: Also, here's a fun thing. And this is the way I think about acupuncture. Now, listen, I know I could learn why acupuncture works. I know there's loads of books out there that I could read about why acupuncture is effective. I don't actually need to know that. I just know that it works. <laughs> I, know, I, I know multiple cultures have relied for millennia on acupuncture. So that's enough for me, right? right? So um, if you are a skeptic, maybe just be like, I don't know why it works. It doesn't make sense to me. But it works, right? That might be enough. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, let's not always require ourselves to buy in wholeheartedly. Sometimes buying in a little is good
0: enough to get the job done. Exactly. Exactly. So, a few other things. You know, I think this one is probably one of the most important. Talk it out, right? Naming your feelings can help you calm down. I. Find this to be extremely helpful to me, to be able to just say what I'm feeling to anybody, whether it's my journal, myself, a friend, a therapist, a life coach, I don't know, whoever the the wilderness. If I'm yelling into the forest, whoever it is that you feel comfortable and confident talking to, to be able to say, you know, I'm scared of what might happen. I am frustrated because my child never listens to me. I, uh, you know, I'm worried about my ex. I uh, whatever whatever you're feeling. I'm I have to take care of my aging parents and I never thought I'd be in this position. All those feelings that you have have to go somewhere. And if you're just tucking them away inside you, then they're 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 just kind of marinating and festering, right? So if you're not letting them out ever, to anyone or anything, um, that becomes very destructive. And it, beca- it turns itself into something, right? Like whether it's anxiety or depression or stress or uh, some physical manifestation, you aren't letting them out. And that's going to eventually sort of come back to bite you. So right. letting it out is, is really, really important. Um, I also want to stress that anxiety is a red flag. You cannot ignore it. Ignoring it will not make it go away and it will not make it better. So it's telling you something. If you are feeling anxiety, whether it's little A anxiety or big A anxiety, pay attention to it. Listen to it. It's your body telling you something. Um, I don't know what it's telling you but (laughs) you want to figure it out. You want to know what you're telling yourself. So really really important don't ignore yourself um and also rule out other causes right so you should go to your doctor get a checkup if you are feeling these kinds of symptoms right that we talked about earlier and you're like i really don't feel anxious i I don't go get a checkup just make sure there's nothing wrong with that we should all be getting our checkups we should all be doing all the routines we're supposed to be getting
1: please don't assume that you experience this and it's just anxiety Um, First of all, just anxiety is not a thing. But also, please don't assume that it is doesn't have other physical causes. Um, Yeah, definitely go get a checkup, make sure everything's, you know, thumbs up. And then, um, I mean, I had experienced the summer where I ended up in the hospital, because I couldn't tell if I was having some sort of panic attack, or if I was having like a heart attack. And I was totally willing to wait it out. And my friend was like, no. also you're a woman so like everything that possibly happens to your body could be a sign of a heart attack because we don't get the clear-cut symptoms right and I spent a very long time in the ER to find out that there was nothing wrong with me but now I know there's like nothing wrong with me <laughs> which was great um so yeah please be mindful of that uh I was able to read an entire book laws at the ER so that was that was great um I think that An interesting one, and I never think of anxiety like this, but I, I think I just did this this week. Is wait it out, like sometimes you know the anxiety will come and go, and it's like riding a wave, and you know that it will pass. And I mean that's the way I had felt with grief in the past. That like grief comes like a wave. I have an experience this week where my son made a decision and I'm super proud for his decision. I think it was the right decision. I'm so proud of him and it has caused me an immense amount of anxiety. And I know why it's causing me the anxiety. And so I'm just really leaning into like my faith and my trust in the universe. And But I know I just have to kind of like, I can work through it, but also it's just going to go and I need to work through it because like I said, it's the result of him making a decision that I'm really, really proud. I have to figure out what are the underlying causes and kind of recognize it. And fortunately I've been in the anxiety game long enough that I was able to text friends and be like, I'm so proud of him. Also, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure Riley got one of those texts. Um. <laughs> and so, you know, y- you're going to have to figure out like, what is the route and how do I fix it? Cause it'll take something different each time.
0: Right. Right. And so finally one very concrete exercise you could do in the moment is, it's a grounding exercise. And this is for when you are really in the midst of an, um, in the midst of your anxiety, right? Like if you are feeling anxiety in your body and you need to ground yourself, you need to feel, um, connected to the earth, connected to people around you, and you need to kind of snap yourself back into the moment, right? So this is a grounding mindfulness exercise, and you can, you can try it if, if it would be helpful to you. So you can hold your fist out, extend one finger at a time as you name one thing you can taste, two things you can smell, three things you can touch right now, like your skin against the chair or a soft sweater, four things you can hear, and five things you can see in the immediate environment. And that's very specifically a grounding exercise to bring yourself back into your body if you are in the midst of something like panic, something um, like a a sensory overload, or, you know, if you are having a moment where you're feeling very overwhelmed. So, <clears throat> excuse me I've done this with people before when they're having um, when they're having uh, uh, struggling with their anxiety and it's a it's a way to get people to snap back into their body so that's something that you can try if you need it you can do it with yourself or you can have somebody else do it with you but it's it's a very handy and effective tool um, to to use if that's helpful to you guys So how do we deal with? anxiety long term, like if you have, I guess, we've talked about it a little bit, but if you have sort of that anxious feeling all the time, right, like if it's not just these one off instances of anxiety, but if you just feel anxious, all the time, I'm going to just put a plug in again for therapy, because I think it's important, um, or going to the doctor and just letting them know that that's how you're feeling. Um, But how do you deal with it? long term because there's no reason that you cannot deal with it or address it right like there's it's not the kind of thing that can't be helped or assisted it's it's just not well I want to
1: say that again or I want you to say that again somebody needs to say that again because that is part of anxious thinking right is that this is something that cannot be helped right and I'm stuck like this it's, so it's super fun that your anxiety makes it harder for you to deal with your anxiety. Right, right. But it does. And and frankly, a lot of mental health issues are circular like that, exactly. unfortunately. Um, and this is just one of them where it... So it is important to know that you are not stuck feeling like this all the time forever. Right.
0: So first and foremost... Addressing your thought patterns and anxious behavior, right? What does that really mean? When we get anxious, we tend to catastrophize things. Hmm. What does that word mean? That means we think everything is awful forever, for always, never going to get better. Black and white thinking, overgeneralized thinking, negative self-talk, attempted mind reading of others, that sort of thought Ooh, process. A good one. Where, <laughs> where we assume and believe that everything is garbage. Like just everything's gone to the bad place and it's never coming back. That's catastrophizing. Um, So if we start to recognize those unhelpful thoughts and thought patterns and we challenge them and we brainstorm alternative thoughts and we start to identify those negative thoughts and how they connect to our moods we can start to make some patterns right we can see that when i go to this one mom's group every time i come home i feel really terrible about myself and i think everything i've done as a parent is terrible and it's never going to get better and i'm never going to be a good mom and i'm always going to be terrible my kid's never going to go to the right school and If only I had used organic applesauce when they were three, then everything would have been fine, right? Like that kind of thing. I mean, I'm not speaking from experience or anything. (laughs) Um, But if you have that in your life, like if you have, you, you know, if you see that and you start to make those connections, then you could see an area in your life that needs to be adjusted. Maybe that's not the mom's group for you. And it's not about those moms. They're people living their lives. And that's okay. And it's also okay that those aren't your people, right? Like, we don't have to pass judgment. We just have to accept that maybe that's not the place for you. And maybe you have some work to do on yourself to address why that's not the place for you. And you need to find another place. And these things are all okay. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And there's no shame or judgment attached to any of it. But you also don't have to suffer and be miserable, right? Like, there's just no reason for it. There's so many people on this planet. There's just no reason for you to spend your time suffering. So when you find that you are going into places and interacting with people that are triggering those sorts of feelings for you, notice it, right? And see how you can correct it. Well, you know,
1: be Jane Fonda and be like, those three marriages were good, but now I'm not going to get any of those anymore, right? right? Like, I like my dogs and my friends. And and those are long-term decisions. Those are immediate decisions about like not going somewhere, but they're also long-term decisions that you can have. And so you can look at your lifestyle and think about what is anxiety producing and what is not. Um, because if you're living in a constant state of anxiety- You don't need to do things that will add to that, right? right? Um, And you also can, and this is kind of going back to what I was saying, like a lot of those things that are what you can do in the moment are things that you can do long-term, practicing gratitude every day, staying physically active, whatever that looks like, getting outside, grounding yourself by putting your feet in the grass, even if it's cold out. You know, we've talked about a lot of these things before, but a lot of them are ways to look after yourself so that you can handle the anxious thoughts so you can say i'm proud of my son but i'm having anxiety so i'm going to address that i know it's anxiety though so i'm not going to let myself spiral because i know what's happening and so um you know you can you can do these things um and there's you know there's two notes here that i think go hand in hand one is practicing acceptance, which we've talked about all the time, right? Not judging ourselves, accepting who we are, accepting that maybe we struggle with anxiety or accepting with that we don't like to be in large groups of people, right? Rather than pretending we do and then going to those groups anyway. Um, And it also goes hand in hand with don't avoid the feelings, right? Like keeping anxiety in the dark, anxiety grows in the dark, depression grows in the dark, these things just fester when they're ignored and they get worse and worse because you're not taking the steps that you need to address them. So whatever that looks like to you, you need to take those steps to address the anxiety and not pretend that it doesn't exist.
0: Right. And I think the most important thing, and this circles back to what we were talking about before, is just to not give up, right? Anxiety is not a... Like, a life sentence of this is how it's going to be for the rest of your life and it will never change. And the thing that you were saying before, Tova, is absolutely true. Anxiety is going to lie to you, just like depression lies to us, just like every other mental health issue lies to us. Your brain is a liar. It's mm. going to tell you that, the, that you're stuck like this and this is how it is and too bad. But it's not right? You can work through these things. Will it be perfect? No, but nothing is perfect. And that's, that's life. And that's okay. Like, it's okay to to be imperfect, right? It's, it's part of the beauty of humanity.
1: And I think it's, it's a benefit to recognize that. Like, I don't like to use the word normal, especially right now when like, a lot of people struggle with anxiety. But it is, I, I, I tell myself sometimes like that's not a normal thought that's an anxiety thought and so if you are if you recognize that it can be very freeing cuz it doesn't have to take hold of you anymore
0: yeah and you you can call it whatever you want right like you can give it a name you can call it princess you could call it bob you could call it you know sunshine whatever name you want to call it it doesn't matter it's your own you can call it you know like you can you can name your anxiety brain right like you can make it fun. You can like I I don't know. I as you can all probably hear, I like to like mess with my anxiety brain and mock it because it's the only way to get through it. Like I have to laugh at these things otherwise it's hysterical crying and not getting out of my bed. So, you know, listen, we all do what we have to do <laughs> to get right. through these things. So if you want to give your anxiety brain a name or your for me more often my depression brain a name, go for it. My depression brain name is not safe for work (laughs) Um, because she's here more often than anyone else. Um, We haven't done an episode on that yet. Um, But you know, do what you have to do in order to address these things in a way that helps you get through it and deal with it and address it as it comes up so that you're not stuck here going, well, this is just how it is, and I'm going to be this way forever, because that's just not fair to yourself. And it's not fun. It's, it's not, not fun. It's and not it's fun.
1: it's not going to help you. I'm going to lead us to our last because obviously yeah. we could talk about anxiety a lot for a yeah, long apparently time. We can talk about it forever. We appreciate your patience. <laughs> um, I am going to lead us to, you know, why, you know, we're here talking about it when it comes to embracing our power. And a big part of it is you can't embrace your power. Now, listen, you can be anxious and embrace your power because a lot of us are. So let's just be clear. Don't wait until you're never anxious ever again before you embrace your power. But it is very hard to focus on anything else if you are called up into a whirlwind of anxiety. Um, It is is very hard to focus on the future um, or how do I say it? Focus on the present and then like think about good things for the future. Right. If anxiety is controlling your mind. One of the speakers at the women's conference, I promise at some point, once I share everything I learned there, I will stop referencing (laughs) it. Um, I like it. She said, live life as if it is rigged in your favor. And that means you're taking risks. That means you're trying new things. That means you're going out and you're grabbing your power. You cannot do that if you are in the hamster wheel of anxiety. If you are not actively working to recognize when you're having anxious thoughts or anxious moments, if you're not actively working to ground yourself. Right. So that is why this whole conversation goes into embracing our power because it's so important, especially in a world that's like democracy, maybe. Um, and like could happen. Um, so, uh, we'll see I know? failed experiment. Maybe not. Um, no, I'm kidding. Get out and vote. It's very important. <laughs> um, maybe you already did. I don't know when this episode drops. If you did, thank you for your service. Keep voting. Um, so you know, these are things that we all need to be able to do, so that we can continue to do awesome things like embracing our power and trying new things and flourishing in the world.
0: Yes, to all of that. That's my that's my big comment. Thanks.
1: <laughs> no notes
0: no notes i have no notes um on that we do have homework for you guys and we're going to move to the homework um because we've kept you here a long time today
1: but we wanted to end on a high note we did want raising our high power note. and
0: that is I, in all seriousness i that is exactly why we're talking about anxiety today that is why it is important to start to address your mental health specifically anxiety about any mental health um yeah. whether it's you know a diagnosed mental health condition or if it's you know just addressing your little m little h mental health you know all of us i know i'm like now i'm doing all the all the little m um all of us need to take care of our mental health our emotional health our physical health our spiritual health all of our health it's the entirety of it is important and if we don't make time for it and address it then you know who's going to like who's looking out for you hopefully somebody, but the most important person looking out for you is you. So it's important. And the best way to do that is to learn about these things and to understand them and to talk about them and to talk about them without shame and stigma. So that's what we're doing. Um, However, moving on from that to your homework, here's what we have for you guys this week. We want to mention that we do have a weekly women's circle going. And it's a lot of fun. It's a great place to talk about these kinds of things um, and to go even more in depth about what we talk about on the podcast, but also about issues that are important in, um, in embracing our power and in just living our limitless lives. So if you are interested, if you have time, we would love to have you join us. You can sign up for our weekly circle via our Patreon page. You can find all the information on our website or on our Instagram link in our bio, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, So check it out when you have time. That is part of your homework this week. Uh, And if you have feedback for us, let us know. We would love to hear from you about that. But on to the rest of your homework, please take some time to think about your day to day. When do you feel anxious? What does it feel like in your body? And where do you feel it in your body? I know I asked this question earlier in the show, but I really think it's important that you start to tie your feelings to your physical body. Where do you feel your feelings? Um, What can you do to expend that anxious energy from your body and from your mind? What kind of things do you do? Do you run? Do you hike? Do you Peloton? Um, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? Uh, do you? Do you they want to sponsor you, us. That's
1: totally fine.
0: It's totally fine, right? They're welcome to sponsor us. Um, what do you do to get that energy out of your physical body? Do you do yoga? Um, I don't know. Do you do you dance party? Whatever it is, start to think about how you do it. And then take the time this week to practice allowing yourself to feel your anxiety and then release it in one of the ways we talked about or um, in whatever way feels best to you reach out to us on social media or send us a message in uh, however you feel like sending us one. We have email, we have social media. You guys know how to reach us at this point and um, let us know how it goes. We're curious, we wanna hear from you. We always love talking to our listeners. We find it fascinating and uh, we love to hear from you guys. So that's it for this week and we will be back next week with more on embracing your power. Thanks everyone. Thanks
1: so much for listening to We Go Boldly Podcast. We know you're busy and we love
0: spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button.
1: Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together.
0: Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info.
1: We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts
0: next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.